Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. So what is the topic of the hour? So the topic is burnout contagion. So basically, the concept that burnout is contagious across coworkers. Um, And so this study just looks at, you know, is it contagious, which... Spoiler alert, it is. Um, and how mm-hmm. does that happen? And what are some things potentially to do to help, um, you know, reduce that? Well, there's some takeaways that they came up with and that we'll talk through. Mm. But generally speaking, it's it just shows that there is a relationship between um, pe- other people feeling burnout and then other people catching it within a, within a company. That's awesome. So it's really important, I guess, for people to figure out how to decrease burnout because it's not just your own burnout. It's also potentially burnout to others. Right. And it's, you know, it's at the team level. So there's like some things you could do from a team perspective, which I think is really interesting. So anyways, we'll talk about that all the things you cool. can do to fix the problem um, once you kind of yes. go through the findings. But in the meantime, how are you doing? What's going on with you? I am doing good. Um, Everything is, you know, I'm not really doing anything still. (laughs) (laughs) So everything's basically the same in my life. I can't believe in some ways it feels like time is going so slow. And then in other ways, it feels like time is going very quickly. Like I'm having trouble believing that like the holidays are coming. And then also like my, the spring semester starting, like I'm thinking about my classes. I'm like, oh my God, like. I can't believe that this is like upcoming or whatever. So that's been like yeah. a little bit like, ah, but, um, but yeah, everything's, everything's going pretty good. We're just hanging out. I ordered a heat lamp for our backyard so we can continue using it in the winter. That's nice. Um, That'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just decided, you know, if we're, if we're continuing to spend a lot of time in here in the winter, might as well be able to use the backyard a little bit. So got a heat lamp. And uh, feeling good about that. But other than that, just plugging along. How about you? What's going on with you? <laughs> Basically the same. Not much <laughs> has changed. Uh, yeah, I, just, I feel the same way, though. I can't believe like we're at the holidays. Yeah. It's holiday season. What is happening? How did our year turn into sitting at home for basically a year? But, you know, it is what it is. We're managing through it. Um, nothing super exciting here though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a very long winded, uh, there's not much to tell. Um, <laughs> I'm excited that we launched our course. Oh, yes. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. So we did yes. launch a course. Um, this episode, yeah, we'll air obviously after the course is launched cause we did it last time, but I mean, I was just trying to think of timing wise. When does this air? Uh, yes. early December. So yeah, you should check it out. It'll be before the first live session happens. So that's really exciting. So if you have, um, a need to think about work in a sustainable way, which if you're listening to our podcast, you probably are thinking about work and wellness <laughs> quite a bit. That's true. <laughs> um, you should definitely go check it out. We have a, an online course, asynchronous, you can take it anytime that helps you, um, develop your psychological capital, which, uh, I can link to an article about that in the show notes um, and obviously to the course as well. But we have an, an online class and then we also have 
live sessions afterwards. So after you've done the online portion, you can sign up. We have two sessions out there right now, one in December, one in January, that you can come and we can work with you in person with a small group. Well, not in person, virtually, but face-to-face <laughs> yeah. talking to you <laughs> um, yes. with a small group to to work through uh, your goals and things that you're, you're working on. So it is really exciting. I am excited about that launching as well. And I hope people find it useful. Yeah. And it, I like it because, you know, initially we had thought about and we still, you know, someday hope to do an in-person retreat. But, you know, COVID, uh, you know, foiled our plans for doing that. And I think it's kind of cool that it has forced us to think about how to create our content in a way that can be delivered effectively online, but also it lets us reach people all over the world. So we know a lot of people around the world are listening to the show and, um, you know, now those folks can sign up for the course, take the course at their own time or sign up for a cohort. And we wouldn't have gotten to meet, um, those folks otherwise. So I think it's pretty cool. And, um, and also just like really fun, I think, to work with people in terms of thinking about like what their goals are, like, I know we both get so excited about those conversations when people are like, this is what I want to achieve. And we're like, we, we can help you. And we're trying to like talk people through, you know, the process of setting goals and the structure and how uh, to keep yourself accountable to those goals and like building a community where people feel really good about the experience they had and motivated to go and do what they want to do. And like, I think it's just a nice way to kickstart the new year um, for everybody. And I'm really excited that we've found a way to, make this available to everyone virtually and that we didn't let COVID like dampen our flame. We just like figured out a way to roll with it, which I'm proud of us for. Yeah, that's a great call. I am proud of that too. And, you know, it took a little bit longer. Like we were supposed to have had a retreat in April, which obviously that didn't happen. And we, we ramped ourselves back up into making our first course. There is a free course on there um, for managing stress in uncertain times, which is like the first thing we did. And then we're able to turn our retreat content into this online course plus live session. And I think it's really, um, I think you're right. I think it's really good for starting off the year. And I think the important piece is it's help. It helps you think about how to, achieve your goals, but in a really healthy and sustainable way, which obviously we think is really important and valuable. So focusing on your wellness and doing things that can make goal achievement and working hard actually sustainable and get you where you want to be in a way that doesn't burn you out. Yeah. And speaking of burnout. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of burnout. And if you don't figure out a way to do it without burning out, not only could you burn yourself out, but you could be contagious to others and then wouldn't you feel bad if you were like spreading burnout among the people around you like that stinks so um and also like you know thinking about who are you hanging out with that's burnout maybe you're catching some stuff from them so this is like the the COVID of burnout (laughs) we have to figure out a way figure out a way to uh keep ourselves uh safe from other people's burnout so tell us uh some more about what the article is that you're going to be covering. Yeah. So this article is called burnout contagion among teachers, a social network approach. Um, So the sample was obviously teachers given the the, uh, title and it was written by Meredith. I'm going to butcher everybody's name. So I apologize to everyone, but it's Meredith. That one I did not butcher. Then (laughs) Schaufeli Struve, Struve, Vonda Condelar, 
Ugh. Okay. Galen <laughs> and Kind. Um, Good so job. <laughs> a lot of European, uh, the sample was in Belgium, so that region oh, gotcha. names cool. where I can't pronounce their names, unfortunately. <laughs> um, hopefully no one will get upset with that, but great research done uh, over the past few years. It was published this year in 2020 in the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology. Awesome. That's exciting. So yes. Can you tell us a little bit? I'm sure that people kind of know what burnout is, but could you tell us like how this article is defining it? And then like, what is the idea behind or how could you get burnout? And then how can you catch burnout? Mm -hmm. Because that's something I've never heard about before. Yeah. So burnout is defined the way pretty much it's always defined in this article. So we'll also link to like an article that we wrote about um, the World Health Organization's definition of burnout. Uh, we talked about that a lot. So if you're interested in hearing more, you can click on those links and check out the episode about that. Um, but basically what it is, it's chronic workplace stress that is made up of three different dimensions. So it's feelings of emotional exhaustion. Um, it's feelings of cynicism or feeling disconnected from the job, um, which they call depersonalization. And then also feeling less effective at work or personal accomplishment so basically Mm. it's I'm so tired I don't feel connected to my work you know I feel cynical about my work and I don't feel like I'm doing a good job or accomplishing anything useful gotcha okay so those all sound bad like you don't want those (laughs) you don't want those (laughs) nope um do they talk at all in the uh like intro of the paper about what burnout impacts so obviously those are bad things to feel you know like you're not effective and you're emotionally tired like all of that sounds bad um what is the problem of having burnout like do they talk about why we want to avoid burnout at work they touch on it briefly but I think you know you and I could probably talk to that quite a bit um burnout Generally speaking, I mean, obviously it impacts your wellness, right? If you're emotionally exhausted, you're not going to be doing well. So you see both physical and mental health impacts of things like burnout. Um, You also see lower productivity, lower job satisfaction, lower commitment to your job. So there's a lot of negative impacts both personally and in work um, Mm -hmm. when you're feeling burnout. Yeah. So employees want to avoid this because it makes them feel like garbage and companies want to avoid this because they don't want their employees to feel like garbage, but also it makes them less able to perform at work, which is obviously a problem. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, really the feeling of being less effective at work and your burnout is because you are being less effective at work. Right. It's, yeah. It is related. So yeah, uh, that that's, that's definitely something that's happening when people are burnt out. So it is contagious. Um, so let me just talk a little bit about what that means. And then we can talk about the results, but the results mirror what they thought was going to happen. So basically there's this concept called emotional contagion, which I know Katina, you are aware of. Um, but basically emotional contagion is where you catch emotions from other people. So it's people's tendency to, you know, you tend to mimic other people's facial expressions and how they're feeling their posture. So if someone's really down, obviously you, all know that someone's like sad and crying it's kind of weird if you're like super excited and laughing like in their face right that's not a thing that you do you (laughs) that would be not nice (laughs) no it would be very inappropriate Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't do that that's bad but at the same time when you do those things like mimicking other people's expressions and postures and 
um, and kind of connecting with people on an emotional level like that, you can catch those emotions. So if you're around a lot of people that are down all the time, really sad all the time, you're going to be more sad all the time too. Um, same goes with positive emotions, but negative emotions are much more contagious than positive emotions. Yeah. And I know that they, um, catch on like in teams at work as well. So like, um, you know, if you, even if you just smile, it's more likely to make another person smile. If you frown, the other person's more likely to frown. There's like all this research on like mimicry and how we like for social reasons to create bonds with people will try to mimic their um, emotions. But you know, if you mimic a frown that tells your body that like you're a little bit sad. And so you can actually start to change your emotions over time, which is in teams. Like if you have one person, like you were just saying, like that's always down or whatever, then the rest of you are going to, you know, mimic that even unconsciously you might be mimicking some of that and then you start to catch that emotion. So emotional contagion happens fast with negative emotions, uh, even faster than with positive. So really the negative ones around burnout, I would imagine they're saying are uh, pretty, pretty catchy. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing is the burnout is negative and it has an emotional component, right? Emotional exhaustion is one of those components feeling, you know, cynicism, those types of things are, related to emotions and you can express that visually in a lot of ways. So the theory is that burnout is contagious, just like emotional contagion. It's like a part, it would really be just a part of emotional contagion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very similar idea. So what they're saying is that the more a person is exposed to colleagues that have burnout, the more likely they are to um, feel burnt out as well and so they talk Mm -hmm. about this social network approach so it's basically all about how interpersonal relationships are important and their ways to that impact feelings attitudes and your perceptions so your relationships impact how you feel if you like we're just saying if people are really sad around you you're going to be more sad Um, if people are perceiving tasks to be extremely challenging you might start feeling that way too because you're around that and you're hearing that all the time and you're kind of catching it. So there's right. a lot of um, that happening on in these like social networks. So what they do with that piece of it is they just really want to understand, you know, what is it that makes somebody catch burnout? Hmm. So they took, they looked at a couple of different things. So I'll just kind of start with the methodology and then explain some of the concepts as I do that. So As I mentioned, this took place in Belgium. They studied uh, 931 teachers across 14 different schools. Hmm. Um, And they actually did, so they did a a study that was more cross-sectional, like right in the time period. And then they did a study that was long-term. So then they came back two years later and asked about burnout so that they could see if there was a long impact of some of this stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. The fact that there was two years is a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, and so then they measured a few things. So they measured burnout, you know, as we talked about. So it includes items like, um, I feel emotionally drained by my work, which is an emotional exhaustion item. Uh, there's a question about, you know, saying I'm afraid this job is making me uncaring. So that's that cynicism, Mm. depersonalization piece. Um, and then like on the positively worded item, it's I accomplished many worthwhile things in this job. So that would go to that personal accomplishment. So if you don't mm-hmm. feel that way, then you're more likely to be burnt out. Right. Um, okay. So they measure that. And then they measure a couple of things about relationships. So 
they basically gave people a roster of other teachers and then the or staff and teachers in the school and they asked them out of these people what kind of interactions are you having so they look at two different types of interactions so there's um, instrumental interactions so that's basically where you are going to somebody to exchange some sort of information um, or advice that's work related mm-hmm. and then there's expressive interaction so that's more about an emotional um, or personal conversation that you're interacting with somebody to get some guidance on that so okay. they asked of, of all the people in their school who do you go for to for class related information um, such as information on learning content, teaching aids, teaching methods, and classroom management. And then they asked, whom do you go to for guidance on more personal matters? So mm-hmm. trying to kind of get a sense of who people are going to for interacting with in these different ways. Yeah. And they also asked them to rate a couple of things about the relationship. So it's like, now we know, all right, so let's just say, I said that you, Katina, I go to you for both of those things. Then they would ask me, all right, so how often am I doing that? How often am I going to you to ask these questions? Mm-hmm. And then and then they'll look and see, okay, well, Katina, who else did you say that you go to? And then it looks to they look to see for what they called embeddedness, which basically is how linked are our networks um Mm. so if i you and i go to each other for help on both class related stuff and personal stuff who else are we going to and let's just say we all we both go to susan as well that would give us a point towards being more embedded because now we also have this other friend that we both go to for things and then more people that we both listed as people we go to the more embedded we are in each other's networks okay that makes sense yep Yeah, so basically that is just trying to understand the relationships as best as possible to know, like, what is impacting it? What is causing you to have burnout? Mm -hmm. And is it it people that are really close to you that cause you to burn out? Is it people that are further away from you? People that you're very embedded in, you know, relationships with? Or who are maybe people that you're, you know, is it the frequency that matters? They want to look at all these things to understand the relationships that people are having and which of them impact the fact that you catch burnout. Okay, that's cool. So they really tried to be pretty detailed in terms of figuring out who's who's in whose network so that they could try to determine whether somebody's burnout is sort of cascading through the group. Yes, exactly. So the findings are pretty interesting because they actually looked at burnout um, very granularly. Oh, my gosh. Can't say that word. <laughs> in a granular way. There you looked, go. <laughs> I don't know why I can't say that. But um, I didn't want to try again. But so they it's looked fine. at the three components, right? So they looked at emotional exhaustion. They looked at depersonalization. They looked at the personal accomplishment and looked at how the different parts of burnout are impacted to really get in the very specific detail as to what is impacting what. Mm-hmm. So what did they find? Yeah, what did they find? I'm very curious. <laughs> they found that you are more likely to catch emotional exhaustion and depersonalization. So again, that piece where you're more cynical about your job. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to catch that if you have relationships where you do both instrumental and expressive interactions. So basically, mm-hmm. I'm going to catch it from somebody if I go to them for both work-related things and personal-related things. Not one or the other, but both combined. If they're both combined, that's who I'm going to catch it from. Hmm, That's interesting. And Mm -hmm. is that just because I'm spending more time with that person? Or is it because there's something about those two things that actually, like, need to be present in order for me to catch someone's emotions? 
Yeah, so they called it multiplexity, which is basically what that means is that the person has serves multiple purposes in your life. They have multiple interests mm. saying with you. So it's just a, a measure of like the strength of your relationship if you're going for multiple gotcha. things. Gotcha. Um, but when it comes to the frequency thing, that also is related. So if I'm going to you for both of these things, I'm more likely to catch your burnout. But also I'm going with, to you a lot that mm-hmm. I'm more likely to catch your burnout. So the more gotcha. I interact with you, the more likely I am to burn out if you are. Yeah. So the more, the more likely... The more I interact with you, the more likely I am to catch it. And also, if I rely on you or I view you as someone who I value maybe or that holds more value to me in terms of multiple roles that you play in my life, I'm probably going to be more likely to like um, like mimic, not that they're measuring that, but like I'll pick up on your emotions more. It'll be uh, more salient to me. Exactly. Yep. So... The more types of things that come to you for, and the more often I do that, the more likely I'm going to be, get the same levels as of emotional exhaustion and depersonalization as you. I'm going gotcha. to say cynicism. That's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> and cynicism. So those two things are impacted by that. Interestingly, that personal accomplishment piece. So when you're burnt out, where you feel like, you know, you're not accomplishing things, you're not as effective on the job. You are likely to catch that when the person you're going to is more embedded, when you're more embedded with the person. So in other words, Hmm. if I, if I'm going to you, Katina, for, um, for work stuff and personal stuff Mm -hmm. all the time, I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to feel more cynical about my job. Right. But if you have, if you and I go to the same people, we have a big group that's similar and connected, then... I'm also going to feel like I'm not as effective at my job. Hmm. That's interesting. So do they have any ideas about why um, personal like accomplishment has to do with whether or not you share a network with someone? Is it like related to like if that person's feeling upset, then probably there's some reason that is more related to me that they might be feeling upset or something like that they didn't dive into it in a lot of detail um i think there's probably something to do with you know talking about other people as well right so now you have a lot of yeah. people in common so there could be some comparisons going on between you and those mm-hmm. other people there could be um potentially just like feelings of being ineffective because you're hearing that a lot of people are feeling that way and so like maybe it just means everybody's ineffective so there's just a right. little bit more um, I guess depth in terms of the network at the school that would might make yeah. me feel that way. So it's it's interesting though. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it is different. So it is. I liked that they actually dove into the different parts of burnout because yeah. we see that different things impact it. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, and I was thinking of also of just like, oh, if this person that I share a lot of contacts in common with is burnout or exhausted it may make me feel like, or maybe the reality of the situation is that this is like a more burnout, burned out and exhausting environment. Like Mm -hmm. that person's feeling, you know, something that could happen to me or like I am in an environment that I feel supports that. And so I'm going to be like, Oh, well, I'm not going to be able to get things done or nobody can get things done around here or whatever, because I see this person being upset. And in addition, I know that we all are in a similar 
you know, I see that person as more similar to me or might they might be in a more similar position within the organization or something like that. Yeah, that's a good point because it might be that, you know, if I see that you, who we share a lot of friends with, feel a certain right. way, I might think, wow, this is like a problem, a bigger problem. But if we don't right. share a lot of friends, I might not think it's as big of a problem. Right, exactly. That would be interesting um, for them to look into. I know they didn't measure that, but just mm-hmm. a little, a little, uh, some little thoughts going through my brain about why that would be true. Cause that's a really interesting finding. Yeah, it is interesting. And they have, the thing that was also really interesting is that they looked to see if there were differences by school. Like were some schools more, you know, burnout than others. And there really mm-hmm. weren't any differences. There's like one school that was a little bit lower than everybody else, gotcha. but um, it didn't impact the results. Like out of 14 schools, it's really not that much. Plus, you know, if you're looking across people that kind of takes away that effect, but so generally right. speaking, the schools weren't like dramatically different, but then you would still see that people that are more connected with a, you know, more embedded in a relationship with somebody, they're more likely to feel, um, that they don't have the effectiveness in their job, if you will. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. I think mm-hmm. that is very fascinating. Um, so do they say anything about what people should do or are there other, so their main finding was that these things catch on and it has to do with how frequently, um, and what kinds of support and also, you know, how deeply embedded we are in each other's networks, the extent to which these burnout components will show up. Um, Mm -hmm. was there anything else in the study or did they go from there to talk about like, well, what should we do about this? Well, the final thing in the study was the long, long-term effect. So when they oh, came right. back two years later, it held, um, especially for the emotional exhaustion piece. That was the biggest impact. So having those people that you go to for multiple things and talking to them a lot, if they're burnt out, when you were doing that, you're going to be burnt out still two years down the road. Wow. So it's really bad, very long effects. Yeah, that's bonkers. Did they look and see if the circumstances had changed like were the same people working with the same people or was it just like uh did your time one predict your time two like and without like it really was just like if you were more burnout out two years ago you're still more burnout yeah it was just time one time two and they um they did lose people like people left the job so yeah, i'm sure, sure that some of these relationships and networks changed so the sample size got a little bit smaller um but yeah it was just purely like if you're burnt out back then you're still burnt out today Wow, that's depressing. Very, yeah, that's such a bummer. I know. I felt the same way. I was like, oh, no, these poor teachers. Yeah, that's not so good. Yeah. Um, but then they took, basically, then they took the results and they spent a lot of time, you know, talking about well, how this impacts theory, blah, blah, blah. Because as you mentioned, you hadn't really heard about this concept before. And it's not a very popular um, concept. It seems like it's starting to become more popular, this idea of burnout contagion. And I think it's really important because we often think about burnout in a more individual right. space, right? Like how can you avoid burnout? But really we need to be thinking about how can we avoid teams from burning out? And we need to be thinking about how do, how do we impact um, organizations to reduce burnout? And I think obviously creating a, an environment where there is an ability to recover, not as much stress, things like that can be really important. So like their key takeaways were we really need to focus on how do we address burnout at a team level or at an organizational level so that we're not 
um, catching it because we can just create this cycle where we're just constantly burning ourselves out because of the people around us. And then from a personal perspective, if your good friend or coworker is obviously really burnt out, as sad as it is, like sometimes you need to take a step back and take care of your own mental health and figure out ways to, you know, maybe you can give them some support in other ways that are not the same, like not going in and talking to them about advice and things as much, but trying to think about how can you support them? How can you maybe take some stuff off their plate or like, you know, encourage them to take time off or whatever to help them recover and, but removing yourself a little bit so that you're not, you're not burning yourself out just because you're hanging out with them a lot. Yeah. I think that's, those are really good points. Like if you're, if you know your burnout, maybe thinking of ways that we have, you know, provided some thoughts about that over the years on our blog and, you know, in other podcast episodes around like mindfulness and recovery and things like that. Like our um, other course that's online, the managing stress course, like that has a lot of um, suggestions in it for how you can manage burnout. And so like, maybe you need to like do some work on yourself and try to figure out how to manage your burnout before you like continue to interact with people in those capacities Um, and also that, you know, you should recognize that if someone else is burnout, it's not like, oh, that person has a bad attitude, but like, I'm fine. I'm immune to it. Like, even if you don't realize it, you might be picking up on some of their burnout. So how can you create like more of a circle of positivity around you? Um, not saying that you need to avoid every burnout coworker, but like that, you know, if you're constantly going to a person that's really burnout and emotionally exhausted, et cetera, like it's not without consequence. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it seems like managers should probably try to, you know, don't say to yourself, well, my team's fine because I've got seven people and one's really always burnt out and having a hard time, but the other six are great. Um, that that one person is really worth sitting down and figuring out what's going on with them and trying to make the job, you know, less exhausting because it's not just impacting them that they're on your team. Yeah, that's a really great point. Like managers need to take notice because if that one person that's burnt out and maybe not performing at their peak, imagine if everybody all of a sudden catches it. And then now you have an entire burnt out team that is not feeling good. They're miserable. (laughs) They're exhausted. They don't feel motivated to do anything. And now you are tanking your performance as a team too. So being really mindful of how your team is functioning and if anybody is coming getting to the point of burnout or getting close to it, how can you mitigate that problem and how can you fix it so that people will catch the positive things and not these really negative things? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because contagion can go in a good direction or in a bad direction. So um, if you have people who are really happy and positive, people might catch that. But if you have a lot of burnout on your team, people can catch that too. So um, yeah, just monitoring, I think, and not saying, you know, well, I don't have time to deal with this person who you know, seems burnout, you know, mostly everybody's fine. Um, I'm sure it's fine. Or like I have a person on the team who always seems like down or upset, but you know, I, I I'm just going to let the rest of the team manage that person because they all seem happy and good. Like eventually you could see some uh, outcomes from that, that you wouldn't want to see. And it could end up negatively impacting the people on your team who today seem kind of happy, but years down the line might be less happy as a result of having to um, you know, manage, uh, that other person's emotional exhaustion as well. So I think this Mm -hmm. is a good reminder as people are trying to think through, especially like with COVID, like this is a time where a lot of people are getting more burnout. There's a lot more worry and anxiety and that's emotional for people and keeping in mind that 
this is something really important to monitor over time. Yeah, I totally agree. I think managers can do a lot here and managers also need to recognize when they are burnt out and not push it on accidentally, you know, spread it to your team members, like take care of yourself too. show uh, your team how you recover and (laughs) model good behavior so that you are not spreading burnout as well. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's just everyone needs to kind of take note of when they're interacting with somebody that seems to be burnt out or is really negative and know that it's going to impact you and figure out how you can address it. And then if you're feeling negative, know you're going to impact other people and how can you address that? So yeah, a lot to think about, but I thought it was really interesting and a very good topic that I'm curious to hear more about. So I'm hoping a lot more research comes of it. Um, I will yeah. say that already... This study, like I said, published this year has already been cited four times. So I think we're wow, moving in the direction. That's awesome. yeah, 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 that's awesome. That is very cool. I'm really glad that you read this. I really liked this study a lot. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, yeah, so we'd love to hear from all of you. If you have any thoughts, questions, curious to hear more, please reach out. And you can you can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you can find us on social at workerbeing on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, as we mentioned, we have courses. So of course we have courses. <laughs> That you, <laughs> that you can take to help uh, prevent burnout. So the the course we were talking about earlier, the about psychological capital, or the key four keys to sustainable success. That's really intended to help reduce your odds of burnout. So if this is something that's really near and dear to your heart, um, we'd recommend you check it out. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Thank you.